Joel chapter 2. Um, I'll be starting to read at verse 12 and 13. And uh, as you turn there, we want to give honor to pastor, ministry, and the saints. Amen. We're looking forward to what God is going to do. I'm thankful to be a part of a church that's on fire. I'm thankful to be a part of a church that's doing something for the Lord and seeing results. Can you say praise the Lord? And I definitely want to do my part. Can you say amen? amen. All right. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. Verse 13, and rend your heart, and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. I would like to minister tonight, amen, what I feel like the Lord's given me on this subject, the title being, Weeping Intercession is the Prevailing Difference. Weeping Intercession is the Prevailing Difference. Would you pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, we appreciate you and so thankful to be a part of your kingdom. We are asking tonight, Lord, that you would touch us. Lord, I pray tonight that your spirit, Lord, would use me and anoint me and help me to minister to the people of your name, the children, the church that's built up on the rock. Lord, I'm asking you, God, let the spirit of the Lord come into this house and minister to each and every one of us. Let us receive what you have for us this evening. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated tonight. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> Weeping intercession is the prevailing difference. It makes all of the difference in the world. And uh, as I was studying this, the Lord laid upon my heart a uh, portion of history that is relevant to all of us. And that was in the early 1900s. He laid upon my heart a man by the name of William Seymour, a man who was the minister at Azusa Street that God used in a mighty way to bring revival there in that place where Pentecost began, you might say, and a lot of ministries were started, the one of the initial outpourings of the Holy Ghost. And I began to do a little research, and I had known about one aspect of his ministry that I wanted to bring out. <clears throat> but as I read it, this history, I, I thought it would be good to bring some of it to our attention again tonight. Um, he was in L.A. and ministering there, and, and uh, at one point he was divinely guided to request ministry from a long-standing friend, Lucy Farrow. He felt that she had received the Holy Spirit and therefore was able to communicate the gift to others. <clears throat> he explained this to the group. Money was collected and to bring her from Houston. When she arrived, <laughs> when she arrived, uh, Pastor Seymour announced a 10-day fast to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The entire group fasted and prayed through the weekend. 
they fasted and prayed all weekend long just to receive, not say just, let me say this, to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. On the evening of Monday, April 9th, he visited with a man by the name of Edward Lee for healing. Brother Lee, or Lee had received a vision from 12 apostles that supposedly uh, explained to him how to speak in tongues. And Lee asked Seymour to pray with him to receive the Holy Spirit. They prayed, and he immediately received and began to speak in other tongues. This was the first occasion of anyone receiving the Holy Ghost when Brother Seymour, William Seymour, prayed for them. Rushing to a meeting that they were having at the Asbury home where the prayer meeting was going on, he related what had just happened. And uh, they packed the meeting, and he began to, Brother Lee began to speak in tongues again. Spontaneous and passionate prayer for the baptism with the Holy Spirit broke out through the house. Soon their prayers were answered when Seymour and seven others fell to the floor, speaking with other tongues as they received the Holy Ghost. Jenny Evans Moore, who would one day become his wife, began to play beautiful music on an old upright piano and to sing what people said was in Hebrew. Up until this time, she had never played the piano, and although she never took a lesson, she was able to play the instrument for the rest of her life. The phenomenon of tongues and the dynamic message of a personal Pentecost was so exciting that even the next night there were larger crowds. The crowds got so large, they filled the porch. They filled the porch to such capacity that the foundations broke and nobody was hurt. They shouted for three days and three nights. Easter season, people came from everywhere. They came from all over the world. They began to travel to Azusa Street. There was no way to get near the house. Meetings at the Bonnie Bray house ran for 24 hours a day for at least three days. People reported falling under the power of God and receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues while listening to Seymour preach from across the street. Groups from every cultural and culture and race began to find their way to 214 Bonnie Bray Street, desperately seeking for more of God. That just spoke to my heart. People from every race are desperately seeking for more of God. And they're going to come. And we're going to bring them through prayer and fasting and weeping intercession. Can you say praise the Lord? We're going to stand in the gap and we're going to make up the hedge. We're going to be the one that bridges the gap to our community. And we're going to do it through prayer and we're going to do it through fasting. And we're not going to stop until God gives us the revival that he wants to give us in this last day. Which Can I get a witness in the, in the house tonight? Praise the Lord. The crowds grew so large it was impossible. The porch broke. They had to look for another place. So they looked for another place. That's when they ended up on Azusa Street. Amen. Everything was left to the spontaneity of the Spirit. The pulpit was composed of two wooden shoeboxes. Now here's the part I remember. And here's the part. That led me to research this, and I wanted to bring this out tonight. And then I just felt led to just read a little bit more. Elder Seymour 
would usually sit behind these deep in prayer with his head buried inside the top box. Deep in intercessory prayer. Deep in prayer that God would move. Deep in prayer that God would work. Deep in prayer that there would be an outpouring. They had such a move of God. The article says that divine love was wonderfully manifest in the meetings. They would not even allow an unkind word said against their opposers or the churches. The message was the love of God. It was a sort of first love of the early church returned. The baptism as we receive it in the beginning did not allow us to think, speak, or hear evil of any man because the spirit was so very sensitive, tender as a dove. Oh, my Lord, help us. Someone say praise the Lord. I believe that God wants to restore us. I believe that God wants to give us. I believe that God wants to use us and bring us to this place Amen. And I believe that weeping intercession is the prevailing difference that will make a difference and bring us to where we need to be. Oh, hallelujah. One man said, I would have rather lived six months at that time than 50 years of ordinary life. I have stopped more than once within two blocks of the place and prayed for strength before I dare go on. The presence of the Lord was so real. Scores of people were seen dropping into a prostrate position in the streets before they ever reached the mission. Then many would get up speaking in tongues without any influence from the Azusa people. God had come to accomplish his work. Now we can do the studying and we need to study. We can do the preparing and we need to prepare. We can have all of the teaching and understanding and we need to have it. But there's one thing that we need more than anything else. We need a sovereign move of the Holy Ghost to move on people's hearts and reach into their lives and draw them and reach out to them and minister to them. And I believe God wants to repair us. God wants to prepare us and God wants to make us and to the vessel that he wants to use in this last day. Weeping and interceding for the lost. Weeping and interceding for our families. Weeping and interceding will make the prevailing difference in every situation. I don't care what it is. It makes the difference. It makes the difference. Hallelujah. If you will understand with me, there's a comparison here in uh, the portion of scripture that I read in Joel chapter 2. Because in Joel chapter 2, after this portion, two scriptures that I read, it says in verse 15, Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the people. Sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders. Gather the children. And those that suck the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth out of his chamber. And the bride out of her closet. In other words, get everybody. Call everybody. Don't even leave the bridegroom on his honeymoon. You get him from the honeymoon to the house of God. We've got something important going on. Let the priest, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine inheritance to reproach. 
that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, where is their God? I don't want anybody saying about this church, where's the God that you preach about? I don't want anybody saying about the ministry or this church and what we preach and believe. Well, where is that God? Where is that God? And the, what's going to make the difference is if, when we rend our hearts and not our garments. Amen. When, when he, apparently they were, they were doing it, he said, rend your hearts and not your garments because apparently they were putting on a show. And I don't believe anyone here is doing that. I'm just saying what they did. But we've got to be careful that the enemy doesn't slip into our mind and, and, and cause us to be lifted up in pride and, and want to be seen. We've got to truly rend our hearts and not our garments. It's not just enough just to be seen in the house of the Lord. We've got to be here with a whole heart, a whole mind, our hearts rent, seeking Him with everything that we have. And God wants to pour out the Holy Ghost and God will do it. Can you say amen? amen. Right a little bit after this is the utterance of, In the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. You know the Scripture. We know that it was happened in Acts chapter 2. They had spent ten day, seven to ten days in the upper room or approximately thereat. I don't know if they were fasting. I kind of think they might have been. But, you know, I can't hardly see them, you know, waiting on the Holy Ghost, sitting there cooking some fish. I can't, I can't hardly see them waiting on the promise of the Father. Uh, who's going to go out and get some food for lunch today while we're waiting on the promise of the Father? I, I can't hardly see that. I think there were 120 that were desperate, that were hungry, and that were thirsty. And, and of the 500, amen, about 480 of them or 380 of them went their way. But there were 120 that, that were holding on. There were 120 that truly wanted, that truly wanted it. Amen. And, and, and and then, and then God poured out His Spirit, and then in the 1900s, amen, God poured out His Spirit, and, and many missionaries went out. They went across the world. They went around the world. Missions were started in the, right here in the United States. There was much work that was accomplished, amen. It all ties together, and it all starts with fasting and prayer, fasting and prayer, fasting and prayer. In Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 3 through 5, it says, Wherefore, I'm just going to read through this. And this is a scripture of condemnation from the Lord. And, and I'm just going to read through it and, and, and just let the Spirit of the Lord talk to each one of us individually. If there's, you know what I'm saying, therefore, where have we fasted? Say they, say they, and thou seest not. Wherefore, have we afflicted our soul and Thou takest no knowledge. Behold, in the day of your fast you find pleasure and exact all your labors. Behold, you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast and an acceptable day unto the Lord? He's rebuking them because of their attitude, rebuking them because of their spirit, rebuking them because of their unbelief. And, 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 and what I have to say is if, if what we have done has not accomplished what needs to be accomplished in our lives, families, ministry, then we need to evaluate our heart, reason, passion, and commitment to the cause. 
If we haven't accomplished what needs to be accomplished, we need to evaluate. We need to take stock. We need to relook and reevaluate and find out what do I need to do? Where do I need to go? What sacrifice do I need to make? What do I need to give up? Where are my values? Where are my principles? Where are my goals? Am I truly, truly committed to the cause of Christ? If we've not accomplished what we want to accomplish, then, then, you know, I know it's all about timing and God has to bring us all to this place. And, and God is working and God is moving and God is doing that. But let us as an individual hear what the Spirit saith to the church. Can you say praise the Lord? Then the Lord begins to speak to us. He says in Isaiah 58 verse 6, he says, Is not this the fast that I have chosen? It's the one to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Weeping, intercession, fasting, praise the Lord, is going to, will make the difference. It breaks the yoke. It, it lets the oppressed go free, and it, and it undoes the heavy burdens. It looses the bands of wickedness. If you don't know what else to do to break free from the strongholds that brother, our brother Colbert preached about on Sunday morning, push aside the plate, push aside the food, push aside what sustains your own life, and say, I've got to have God. I've got to have Him no matter what. Lay it aside, and God will begin to work. When we humble ourselves in the presence of the Lord for His glory and for his presence someone say praise the Lord weeping intercession fasting and prayer amen it'll break the yoke it lets the oppressed go free hallelujah is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry I know that it's talking natural here I understand that I believe that there's a natural and spiritual application to most all of the scriptures and when you spiritualize this, we know that Jesus is the bread of life. We know that He's our bread when our, we're hungry. We know that He's our water when we're thirsty. We know that if we did not have His bread to live on, we would starve spiritually and die spiritually. And when we fast and pray, it is to be able to deal the bread of life to the hungry. Can someone say praise the Lord? There's some hungry people. There's some hungry people that need the bread of life. And we cannot do it with a natural mind. We cannot do it. I appreciate all that we have. I am so thankful. We are blessed. We are so blessed. God has blessed us. But this doesn't accomplish the work in the spiritual that needs to be done. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. Amen. I know that everybody knows that. This is just a gentle reminder tonight in the Holy Ghost. It takes the Spirit of the Lord, a sovereign act of God. And the way to get God to act and move is to rend our hearts. Amen. And to, to fast and and weep and intercede to be able to deal bread to the hungry. Oh, someone say praise the Lord. That thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house. I know it's talking natural. I know, I know, but this is God's house. This, I know this is not God's house, but at the same time, it's where we come and worship. Amen. And it's, we, we need to bring people to God's house. 
We need to bring the hurting to God's house. We need to bring the broken to God's house. We need to be concerned about what's going on around us and make it a point, make it a point to stop living the way we've been living and start focusing on evangelism and start focusing on ministry and start focusing on Jesus Christ and start focusing on somebody else and start focusing on the kingdom and start focusing on souls. We've got to focus on souls because souls are going to live for eternity somewhere. Souls, everybody we meet. I almost thought about, I did think about it. In 2005, Vestamangan preached Weepers and Warriors at Because of the Times. I watched it on Monday on YouTube. And I thought, why, why don't I just play that? <laughs> I thought about it. I thought, no, I won't do that. Weepers, weepers, weepers before the throne of God. Spare thy people. Spare thy people. Cry aloud. Spare that one. Spare that one. Spare, uh, spare that brother. Spare that sister. Spare that natural brother. Spare that, na spare that, spare that one. I can make a difference. You know what? We're the only ones that can make a difference in some situations. We're the only ones that have the power to make a difference in someone's life. And if we don't make a difference in their life, who will make a difference in their life? Who will? Amen. Bring them. And when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him. Naked. Jesus said, when I was naked, you clothed me. You, and or or when, you, when I was naked, you did not clothe me, in reference to two different groups of people. And then my mind goes to the church of Laodicea, who was who, lukewarm, complacent, happy with what they had, thought they were clothed, but Jesus said that they were naked before him. They, had, they were not clothed with spiritual clothing. Talking about the church, you know, I, I've got to, Say this, there's not a one of us, there's not a one of us, amen, that can look back and say that there weren't times in our lives that we weren't living the life of the Laodicean church. Nobody can say, I've never done that. Or we can say, oh, yeah, right, okay. Yeah, nobody can say. But you know what? I'll tell you what, I want to know something. Has anybody ever prayed for me? Has anybody ever prayed for me? You have, haven't you? You know why? Because you could see that I was living perhaps not as spiritual as I needed to be. And I was struggling and I was fighting a battle. Every one of us will go to a place where we think we are clothed and we are not clothed. We are clothed in the natural mind and we are somehow down deep inside. But thank God for a brother and thank God for a sister that saw and took it to the Lord in prayer and cried out on our behalf and brought us back and brought us back. Oh, someone say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praying and intercessing, amen, interceding, weeping 
before the throne for our brothers and sisters and the lost and family. It's what makes the difference. It's what makes the difference. We've got the truth. We've got the truth. We've got the anointing. We've got the power. We've got the name. We've got the blood. We've got everything it takes. I've except maybe, just maybe, we need some more weepers and intercessors between the ports and the altar, weeping for the lost, that God would pour out his spirit, that God would send forth revival. Oh, hallelujah. Would someone say, Lord, help me to be a weeper and an intercessor. Amen. In this last day. That thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh. Everybody, from the people that live in Madeira, Indian Hill, the wealthiest of this area, east side, west side, south side, Liberty Township, it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter where they're at. They are my flesh. And they are your flesh. They're flesh of your flesh. Because they are your brother. We all come from the same stock. Adam. The Lord created him. And when we, if we want to hide ourselves in the proverbial sand and ignore what's going on around us, we're hiding ourselves from our own flesh. He said, don't hide yourself from your own flesh. Don't hide yourself from your own flesh. Verse 10 says, and if thou draw thy soul out to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as the noonday. When you talk about drawing out your soul, drawing out your soul, my Lord, when you, when you, when even the thought sometimes of, of, of drawing out of my soul, of travailing and interceding, and getting in that place where you're, you're racked with sobs and, and weeping, and God save them, God, and, and even going on to the place where. You, you can't even speak and you're, you're just moaning and just groaning and you're, you're, you're just wretched and, 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 and you're groaning, groanings that cannot be understood except by the Spirit. It's not an easy thing. Jesus set forth the example prophesied in the book of Isaiah in talking about the travail of his soul and his soul was made an offering for sin. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. His soul had to be made an offering for sin. And we need to follow in his footsteps and present ourselves in soul travail and draw out of our soul what the Lord has given unto us abundantly by His Spirit. Mercies, tender mercies, grace, 
and kindness. It's only by His abundant tender mercies, grace and kindness. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. Amen. But by the Holy Ghost, by the tender mercies. Hallelujah. He saved us. And we need to draw out of our soul. Draw out of what the Lord has invested in us. Drawing out, weeping, taking somebody before the throne continually until God moves. And never give up until God does it. Crying before the Lord. Amen. He set the example. It said in verse 11 of Isaiah 53, He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. The travail of the soul took place in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden of Gethsemane where he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. He was the great intercessor, the ultimate sacrifice, the one who was the perfect Lamb of God. And none of us fit that bill. None of us. But by his Spirit and by his cleansing and by him... We're cleansed by the word and by seeking his face, we can step into that gap. Hallelujah. And we can make up the difference and we can pour out our soul and travail in the soul. And when that soul that we're praying for comes to an altar and prays back through and gets the victory, we'll be satisfied because we know that we made the difference through prayer and weeping and fasting and seeking the Lord. Is it worth it? I've got to ask you, is it worth it? Let me ask you, were you worth it tonight? Are we worth it? Yes, 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 yes. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Do you know that you have the power to bear the iniquities of a lost soul? You have the power to bear them and take them to the cross. You have the power to take them. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. Stephen did it. Stephen said, Father, forgive them. Hold not this sin to their charge. While they were afflicting him. He took their sins and he took them and bare them before the cross. And the apostle Paul, whose name was Saul, was standing there holding a coat. And God used him mightily. Oh, I want you to know you've got power. We have power. We just need to tap into that power. We need to tap into the reality of the church, the reality of the kingdom, the reality of the last day, the reality of life, the reality of what God wants us to do, and the reality of what God wants to do through us. Because we have the power to bear people's iniquities. Hallelujah. Therefore, the Bible says, I will divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death, numbered with the transgressors, and bare the sin of many, and made intercessions for the transgressors. Transgressors. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord shall guide thee continually in verse 11 of Isaiah 58. I, I know I missed a couple of verses. There are promises, like let's go to verse 8. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning. Thine health shall spring forth speedily. 
and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Then shalt thou call, and the Lord shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he will say, Here am I, or here I am. If you take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger. A finger's a horrible thing, isn't it? I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like it just does something to you when somebody just goes, oh, I'm sorry, sister, forgive me. I didn't mean to point it. It just does something to you when somebody just, you know, pointing the finger. Point, you understand? It, 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 there's a huge difference between pointing the finger and taking someone before the Lord in prayer. Can you say praise the Lord? If you take that away, that your darkness shall be as the noonday. And, and now listen. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Verse 12. Thou shalt rise up, thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. Thou shalt be called the repair of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath. Now we know that the Sabbath day is the spiritual rest. The rest of the Sabbath is a spiritual rest. Hallelujah. And when you spiritualize this, when you take this verse and talk about the rest, the Sabbath, which is the kingdom of the Lord, amen, and, and call this a delight, you know, not be so concerned about what you can't do, maybe, or this or that, but call it a delight. Even if I have to be, even if it, I, I need to live something that I don't quite understand, it's a delight because I'm a part of the kingdom. Even if, even if I, I, I need to lay aside some things that I don't quite, 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 you know, see, you know, I, I'm just a part of the kingdom. I'm a part of the church. I'm a part of the kingdom of God being used. Hallelujah. It's delight. They'll call it the holy of the Lord, honorable, thou shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Wow. I'm going to read that again. Not doing thine own ways. Didn't Brother Culver just preach on People doing that which is right in their own eyes. I thought so. Nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Then thou shalt delight thyself in the Lord. I will cause thee to ride upon the high places. Hallelujah. And feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. It comes with promise. It all comes with promise. In, in Joel chapter 2 it says, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, rejoice. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, the latter rain in the first month. The floors shall be full of wheat, the fat shall o- the f- and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the cankerworm and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army that I sent among you. God's looking for somebody. God's looking for someone. Amen that will become an intercessor. Amen. Somebody that will make it their priority to intercede. 
There was a missionary that I read about at one time somewhere that was so burdened with the souls of her community that her room was cold, but she got so caught up in prayer and began to perspire, began to flow off of her, and as it flowed off of her, it flowed down her knees, and as it flowed down her knees, it reached the floor, which was below freezing, and her knees froze to the floor while she was interceding in prayer. She was so caught up with the burden of souls. Nehemiah was so vexed because of the condition of his homeland that he couldn't even keep a smile on his face. And he was the king's cupbearer. And it could have cost him his life. But he said, I can't. How can I be happy? How can I be content? How can I be satisfied when my land is in the condition and the walls are broken down? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another preacher of old prayed so much. He prayed so much that on the hard wooden floor where he prayed, I just can imagine it was oak. He wore grooves. He wore grooves into it because he was interceding and praying. Oh, Lord, help us. Oh, hallelujah. God said in Ezekiel 22 and 30, And I sought for a man among them that would stand in the gap and would make up the heads for the people. And I couldn't find any. They were all too busy. They were all too caught up. They were too concerned. They were too busy. I sought for a man. I sought for a man. I sought for a man. The Bible says, he that will go forth weeping, sowing in tears, shall come forth bringing in the sheaves, weeping, weeping, weeping. You see, God wants to partner with you. God wants to partner with us. Could you find a better partner than the Lord? He wants to be our partner. And he wants us to work with him. To work with him. That we might do the work. Terry Black, before he became the pastor in Memphis, and everybody knew who he is, knows who he is, he... Uh, Preached a message a few years ago at Louisville because of the times, and I've never forgotten it. The title of it is Guardians of the Lost Cause. Guardians of the Lost Cause. Guardians of those that have nowhere else to go. Guardians of those that are to cast off society. We are the guardians of those that have no one else to turn to. Bring us your addicted. Bring us your afflicted. Bring us your broken. Bring us your hurting. Bring us your maimed. Bring them to us. We are the guardians of the lost cause. But before he ever became that, he was trying to start a church and. I believe it was Toronto, and he was a young man, and nobody came to service the night before. And he went the next morning, was in his office and praying and weeping before the Lord. And the Lord laid his number and told a lady who was 
in charge of a mission downtown said, go get the phone book. She went and got the phone book, and she opened up the phone book. And he said, she said, he said start looking. I'm going to point someone out to you. So she started looking and going through the phone book. and She found the name of Terry Black. So she, he, the Lord said, call him. Call him and tell him that I want to partner with him to win souls. I want to partner with him to reach the lost. I believe the Lord has your number and he's calling your name tonight. He's calling your name tonight and he wants to partner with you and partner with each one of us to win souls and to win the lost. We may not do it like Brother Colbert does. You might not do it like Brother Jordan does. You might not do it like Brother Rodriguez does. You might not do it like Pastor does, but God can use anybody in many different ways. He's that kind of God. We each have our own gift and talent. The question is, are we willing to put ourselves on the line to partner with him and become that weeping intercessor that tears down the barriers? And pardon my reference to your message, Brother Colbreth, but tears down the strongholds for someone else. Tears them down. That reaches into community and grabs someone by the hand and says, I'm not going to let you go. I'm not going to let you go. I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. Let's all stand tonight if we could. I just, instead of having music play, I'm musicians, I'm sorry I didn't tell you before time. Turn that music on, just some praying music. Would you do that? Just turn on some music to pray by. And, and, and tonight I'm not going to close I'm not going to say you're dismissed. If you need to go, I, if you have to go, I understand. There's been times I've had just had to leave. I understand. But I want to know, is there somebody that would like to become that intercessor? Is there somebody that wants to be used of God? And, and, and if you want to, I'd like you to join me around the altar. And, and, and can we just spend some time in prayer? Could, would that go ahead? Would that be okay? Could we just pray for Sunday service? Pray for that soul that God lays on our heart, and, and just talk to the Lord and say, "Lord, they can't help themselves." And I'm praying, God, that you would help them. Would somebody join with me? And could we just talk to the Lord for a while? If and as you need to leave, feel free to leave tonight. That's no condemnation whatsoever. I know. You know, we've got lives and children. Can we just spend some time in prayer and intercede for the service? Talk to Jesus. Ask Him to help us, God. Lord, we need You. Lord, we need You. Oh, God, we need You. I love you.